This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Yes, indeed. Sports on a Sunday morning is back. We were off last week. First time in James. Gosh, I can't remember the last time we didn't have a sports on a Sunday morning. It must have been. I mean, that's unprecedented. I don't ever remember it getting preempted. I don't know. I don't remember that either. But it was because of the final round of the Masters. It's a pretty good excuse. And we wanted to play it. And it turned out to be a good one. Dustin Johnson Walked away with it. Joining us on the line is post-dispatch columnist Benjamin Hockman, and I'm bringing him in right away because I saw a column that he wrote today, and thank you for coming on such short notice. But, you know, I realized two things. First of all, good morning. Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning. To be honest, it's always an honor to be on Kim Watch. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Uh, I... um. I realized two things. One, you wrote a great column about Stan Musial and his family. Two, you and I were in the same place yesterday and didn't see each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Uh, I'm like, wait a minute. Parade. Benjamin was there. I... <laughs> what a cool thing that was. What a cool guy. We were celebrating. Stan the Man Musial, 100 years old. If he was still with us today, they called it the Stan Tenniel. It was. The Stantennial was downtown, and you had a chance to speak with some members of the family and, and had a great column about it. But um, I uh, I really enjoyed that down at Bush Stadium. The San Musial statue was the site. And you know, that sports commission, boy, I'll tell you, the St. Louis Sports Commission, they will not be stopped. They wanted to do the Musial Awards. They can't because of COVID. So they're still going to do it. And it'll air December 26th on CBS. Then they wanted to do something inside the ballpark on Stan's 100th birthday. Because of COVID, that had to be canceled. They would not be stopped. They said, we're still going to do something. We'll have a parade of cars come by and and say hi to the family. It's uh, that resilience that I'm sure Stan the Man enjoyed. No question about it. Yeah, we are lucky to have the St. Louis Sports Commission, and they, they care. And then that's that's the whole point with the theme with the Stan Musial legacy is people care about spreading the word and making sure that the next generations realize that the man really was the man. And I really enjoyed the fact that it didn't rain until the very end of that celebration. When the fireworks went off, it started to rain. And that's uh, because Stan Musial told the, uh, told our uh, God to hold off a little while. Well, while his family, yeah, celebrated. Yeah. that's what I think. They wanted it to be an official Stantennial. They wanted, they needed at least the equivalent of five innings 
of the Stantennial to make it official. <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I love the column, and I wanted to direct people to it at stltoday.com. Uh, Stan Musial, think about this, Benjamin. What does he mean uh, to the Cardinals' legacy? When you think about how many people became Cardinals fans because of him, that is what really blows me away. Oh, no question. And obviously we're, we're on the vehicle that did it right now, the KMOX Airwaves, and there are Stan Musial fans in probably all 50 states, uh, and they love the man, they love his abilities. But what's cool about his legacy is, and I, I said this to one of his daughters on the phone uh, when we were talking, and I'm like, he, he could have been a plumber, and he would have been the nicest plumber and a very renowned plumber for doing for just being a good human. And he was just that, except his job wasn't plumber. It was outfielder. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And I love the fact that uh, you were able to catch up with all of them. It's a, it's a great family. It's a great column. Um, yeah. Musials, uh, what I always also find interesting coming off of what you just said is that we speak of Stan so much as a human being and as a family man and as a teammate and sometimes not as much about his numbers. I know that his baseball numbers are in this column, and, and we know how great he was, but I love how the first thing when you talk about Stan Musial is the person. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it plays into the uh, the awards, the Musial Awards. I mean, th- this man was so special that the awards aren't about his Hall of Fame career, and they, they, aren't, they aren't about – people's abilities and talents, but they're about people's character and integrity. They're for sportsmanship. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And then as a player, it's amazing how his numbers still hold up. And uh, as a, yeah. as a lifetime Cardinal, uh, just uh, the, the greatest. Now you could say that if Albert Pujols had remained a Cardinal his entire career, he eclipses those numbers and he has some amazing numbers himself, but he did not. He chose to go to another team, and, and we celebrate Stan Musial as the greatest Cardinal ever. Um, I'm going to lead you into Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, two players that you've covered extensively. Uh, we don't know at this moment what their futures look like. John Mosellock is going to come on next hour. I will tell people, though, that as we've said on the air before, he has a policy, and I go, I understand it and follow it. Uh, to not talk about free agents. So we're not going to get into those players. And understandably, he's in the middle of negotiations, I'm certain, with um, a lot of different ideas and possible players. But from your perspective, Benjamin, what do you think about the future of Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright? And for that matter, Colton Wong. How do you see all of that playing out? Yeah, well, I'll tell you right right away with with Adam Wainwright, I'm confident, if only because he wants a one-year deal, and he had a one-year deal the past two years. And you mentioned Colton Wong, and, and the fact is because of the pandemic and because the, the Cardinals didn't have any revenue from fans last year in the stadium, uh, they didn't bring back Colton Wong, and they're ha- having to make tough decisions financially. But if they can get Wainwright for a one-year deal with a lot of um, incentives and things like that, I think it'll work out. Also, a team that would have been enticing to Adam Wainwright, the Atlanta Braves, signed a fifth starting pitcher just the other day, uh, which means that he wouldn't be in the rotation if he signed with Atlanta, his home state team, if you will. Um, as for Yadier Molina, that's a trickier one. Clearly, Yadier Molina wants to come back and, and be a Cardinal forever, but he also uh, 
wants to get paid well, and he wants to be uh, respected from that from that standpoint. And he wants a two year deal. That that's a trickier thing in, uh, during the pandemic. And the reality is, some New York teams need catchers and have big money. And the Cardinals have Andrew Kisner, who's an up and coming uh, young catcher. So that's going to be a very interesting and possibly frustrating storyline. And then final thing, uh, looking ahead at Cooperstown as uh, Hall of Fame voters prepare uh, as they have their ballot, what do you think about Scott Rowland's chances? Well, I think he does. If you're asking me, Benjamin Hockman, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. If I, if you're asking me, what do I think is going to happen this year? It's hard for me to anticipate, Tom, someone to go from around 35 percent of the votes to 75 percent of the votes in one year. Though I am acknowledging that the ballot is thinner, but here's thinking that at some point, Scott Rowland, who's already in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, will be in Cooperstown as well. Yes, sir. And uh, looking forward to all of those discussions. Thanks for covering a few baseball topics with us. Great column today. I wanted to direct people to it. Front page of actually the uh, uh, bottom fold of the sports page of the Post-Dispatch. A perfect way to remember Musial at 100. Well done covering it, Benjamin. Appreciate the time very much. Always fun talking to you, Tom. Take care, man. Great to have him on Sports on a Sunday morning. When we come back, Garage Happy Hour with Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. was pretty special. But we'll get you updated on a few things that happened in sports and then go to that interview, a little bit of that. Travis Ford, the SLU coach, with us at 1045. At the top of the hour at 11, we'll get a little more into football, college football, NFL. And at 1130, John Mosellock will switch the topic back to baseball on Sports on a Sunday Morning, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. At 1145, Eli Drinkowitz, the head coach of Missouri, gets a nice win on the road yesterday against South Carolina. We will have that for you. And Illinois with with a strong win as well. That's coming up next. We'll talk about the Illini. It's 10:15. Sports on a Sunday morning continues right after this. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. It's 10:19. We have at 10:45 head coach Travis Ford of the Billikens. St. Louis University is back on KMOX. We have Billikens games upcoming. They're the openers Wednesday. Billikens will play at six o'clock on Wednesday at Chaffetz Arena against SIUE. That happened quickly. They were supposed to go to Nebraska, and then suddenly they whipped together a Billiken Classic at Chaffetz Arena with SIUE and LSU among those coming. It will be. On KMOX, 10.45 this morning, head coach Travis Ford. Before that, Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr., the radio team together for their 30th season, will be right here from my Garage Happy Hour. That is coming up shortly at 11.30. John Mosellock, Cardinals president of baseball operations. Eli Drinkwitz, the Mizzou coach, at 11.45. And the Tigers with a nice win yesterday over South Carolina. Now, I understand South Carolina is dealing with a lot of things. They have some injuries of their own. They just fired their coach, Will Muschamp. But I'll tell you, that's a solid win for a Missouri team that is hampered by COVID-19. In fact, they didn't have their defensive coordinator. They didn't have their, uh, I mean, let me, let me go back to that for just a minute. Okay. They did not have their defensive coordinator. Uh, it's, that is a big thing. And right before the game starts too, they start to uh, put some, some things out there that they're not going to have people. And they start to realize that, I mean, Ryan Walters didn't travel with him. He was back home in quarantine, but 
They didn't have a lot of players on defense in their defensive backfield, their nose tackle. The, the, the roster was a one double A roster, says Eli Trinkowitz, but that the guys were fighting. Uh, Walters did not test positive for COVID-19, but uh, he has mispracticed due to protocol. So they gave the assignment to David Gibbs, the cornerbacks coach. He was the coordinator yesterday, did it from the sideline, and without a lot of defensive players and their D coordinator, Missouri played very good defense, and they beat South Carolina 17-10. to They were up 17-0 early and held them off in the second half and won the ball game. Illinois looked good. They scored 28 points in the first half. That's the first time in 10 years they've done that in the first half against a Big Ten opponent, and they went on the road again. Another road win for them, 41-23 over Nebraska. Nebraska turned the ball over five times. That's not going to get it done. And it's their first win in Lincoln since 1924 for the University of Illinois. Lovey Smith has been saying good things about this football team, and now they're starting to come true with a couple of nice wins for them. They beat Nebraska 41-23. In the top 25, number one Alabama had no problem against Kentucky, 63-3. Number three, Ohio State, up 35-7 on Indiana in the second half. Watch that game get very close, but they come away with a win, 42-35 over the number nine team in the nation. Number three, Ohio State's running back, Master Teague, was very good. Career-high 169 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Indiana's quarterback, Michael Penix, had 491 yards passing, 27 for 51 for 491 and five touchdowns, outplaying the Heisman Trophy candidate Justin Fields. And Indiana, down by four touchdowns, made it a one-score game and actually had a chance late to possibly win it on a drive but could not. 42-35, they lose that ball game. The number one team in the SEC East is Florida. They're the number six team in the country. They beat Vanderbilt 38-17. The second-ranked team in the SEC East is Georgia. They won and looked pretty good with their quarterback, JT Daniels. Quite a debut between the hedges. 401 yards, four touchdowns, beating Mississippi State 31-24. The number three team in the SEC East is Missouri improving to 3-3 three and three with that victory yesterday. We will take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some college basketball with Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. from My Garage Happy Hour. And then Travis Ford will be with us at 1045 on Sports on a Sunday morning. We'll get more into college football and the NFL on the way after the 11 o'clock news and a lot of good stuff to come. The Chiefs play tonight on KMOX. That one starts at 7.20. Our pregame will begin at 6. This is the home of the Cardinals, the Billikens, and the Chiefs, KMOX. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We're live. What were you saying earlier? You can say it for everybody. It's all right. Was it? Uh, And as KMOX, I wanted to pass along my... uh, uh, sympathies for loss of Bob Hamilton. I know Thank he, was, you. he was the guy, man. I know he was the guy. He was great. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, we uh, we definitely are mourning the loss of Bob Hamilton. Gosh, he loved you guys. I mean, he really, really did. I, I've got so many Hamilton stories, that, that, but he meant a lot to me. Um, you know, when I first started, by the way, this 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 is our 30 years together Billiken broadcast team, Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. I cannot wait to talk to you about them. But Bob Hamilton, who just passed away um, at the age of 82, 
Um, he was terrific. You know, when I first started, I was, I was really young. I mean, I started at KMOX at 22, I was 23 Mm -hmm. and I was on the air. And, um, I remember the first time I did a sports open line, you know, it was on a Saturday and I, I walked out of the studio and came into the newsroom and Bob goes, Oh, fooled him again, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, thank you, Bob. You know, and he was very encouraging and just, you know, he didn't, have to do that but for a no. kid he loved young broadcasters just helping them along and bob ramsey didn't he have some voice bob hamilton just amazing it was great and it was special in the little things the little special things about bob and it's just to me part of being a st louis and then it was part of uh cardinal broadcast lore and uh, i can't do the voice but he would he would say he would say now back to the ballpark here's jack buck and just you can always count on that you know what i mean when it's every time and it's when you can you know you can count on those things as a regular piece of 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 what you're doing it's fantastic and this is what it looked like so i would produce for him and he'd say back to the ballpark here's jack he'd punch the air a little bit like a little punch yeah uh and he just was so so the cardinals pregame show used to be the Bill Reeker or Bob Hamilton doing it like they mm-hmm. would pitch it to the elements, as you said, like it's time for bucket bat. Here's Jack, you know, yeah. or they'd be like, let's go to Roger Brand in the oh. jet copter one. And, and Roger would be looking over the parking lots and letting you know where to go. And, you know, so the, the pregame show was actually those guys. It was uh, special. But, yeah, That's- he was he was no question a, a great voice. Uh, Earl Austin Jr., thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. I know that uh, you're you're a longtime listener of ours, and Earl, we're so glad to be back with you as well. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, it was great news to hear, and uh, to have your 30th season doing Billick and Basketball, our, our 30th season together uh, on KMOX. Uh, it, hopefully, it's going to be a treat. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this year. Yeah, it's going to be fun. 35th year for you, Rammer uh gosh what a run and it, it's that has it gone by fast has it gone by do you remember your first uh broadcast what has it been like some sometime yeah you broke up a second he um has it gone by fast the um it's almost been my whole adult life and uh it's been a good way to spend it the uh jim bakken the great Cardinal kicker hired me. Um, and, uh, and I came in with Anthony Bonner, one of the Billiken greats in the eighties and uh, Earl's Earl followed suit right after that. And then sometimes, and uh, we'll talk about things that, you know, Charlie Spoonauer, Lorenzo Romar, Rich Grower, and those things seem like yesterday. And then you start to think about it, Earl, it's 20, 25, 30 years ago, it's hard to imagine that that all that time has gone by, and, but the memories are kind of compressed. They seem like yesterday. Now, my memory is not the greatest for facts. That's why Earl's always with me to correct me whenever I'm wrong. And that's one of the reasons it's a good partnership. It, it is fun. It's funny when, when we first started doing the games together, you know, we're almost closer to the age of the players. So it's like we're doing the mm-hmm. game younger brothers and now as we're getting older you know and grandpa's we're like we're watching our sons play and it's like <laughs> almost, almost, 
on the territory here. And I think our attitudes have changed too with the, with, with the, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a great kids. And I think it kind of keeps you young. I want to see. It does. We have some great guys who have uh, been stewards of the program, as Rammers mentioned, Spoon, Lorenzo, Brad, Rich, and all like that. That's them, too. Anybody in the great assistant coaches, but just to see the kids uh, through the years. And then now you see the kids at the games with their families watching the, these new Billiken players, too, as well. And, uh, it, it, you know, when you see alumni night, you see 100 former Billikens from the 40s to the 2000s and 21st century scattered from one end of the court to the other. And most of those guys are season ticket holders, so they're, 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 they're at games anyway, and it's, it's always fun. You know, brings back so many memories of the games we called when they were playing. playing. Wow, 30 years together. Bob Ramsey, I was not a math major at Indiana University, but if I'm doing this right, you're talking a little over 30 games a year, 30 years. You're approaching 1,000 games together. Could that be right? You know, I think the um, I think because we've been real fortunate with NITs and uh, and other tournaments, I think our great SID Brian Kunderman looked it up, and I think we're like eleven hundred games or something like wow. that. It's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> Do you have? This is a tough question. Now, is there a favorite? Do you have? I don't know that I can all? pick out one favorite game. I think um, I think that first time back, Earl when um, the Billikens beat Minnesota in Baltimore in overtime because it was the first time back uh, in ages. Um, that was really special. Um, but I tell you, those NCAA tournament wins and conference tournament championships, they really stand out. And then we could probably pick out a handful of uh, regular season games, beating number two Louisville and, and big showdown games. But um, if I was forced to pick one, I think it would be because it was the first time back to the dance, um, beating Minnesota in a big upset in the NCAA tournament regional in um, in uh, Baltimore. In Baltimore, actually, not the first time back, the first victory, because the year before we were the first team in and out of the tournament when we played against Maryland, great Joe Smith Maryland team. Uh, oh, yeah. We played in Wichita, and I was back home in St. Louis watching the night games. <laughs> it, it was like we weren't even in the tournament. But then the next year, we played and beat Minnesota. Wow. Uh, Earl, do you feel the same? Yeah, collectively, two moments. The first, obviously, uh, when, you went a, when we went that conference championship in Memphis, and that was one game. It was four games. We were the ninth seed, and we won four games in four days. And uh, and won and won the NCAA tournament bid, won the Conference USA tournament. That Conference USA was a great league. Yeah, back then. it was. And it was weird. We and Ram, I don't think we only packed for two or three days because we were playing since. <laughs> yeah, Kenyon Martin. Yeah, yeah. I think the mo. I think what really got both of us was we were watching them cut the nets down. And then Lorenzo Romar called me and Ram and say, "Earl Rammer, come over here." And uh, and he called us over there and let us participate in the net cutting ceremony. And you know, to have that happen for me, because I, I know that's like sacred ground for the coaches and players. I'm like, I was almost hesitant to do it. That was that because those are the guys that put the work in to make that happen. And for Lorenzo to call us over and make us part of 
that uh, sacred ceremony to cut the nets down after winning the championship. I, I think I still have that piece of net somewhere. I do too. I do and, too. Uh, 20 years ago when that happened. And I think the other one moment was uh, 1993-94 season. It was Spoon's second year. And we got out of the gate 8-0, and we were playing in the, the old arena. And That's we were still in solid 10 or 12,000. And, and and to make it look even bigger, remember they put, remember they put the tarp up there on the upper deck because so, there was yep. nobody sitting? Well, we were playing SIU Carbondale like on December, like two or three days after Christmas. And we were rolling. We were 8-0. And then all of a sudden, the, everybody showed up. There was a party, spooned through a party and oversold the house. And they literally had to delay the game almost an hour because they had to pull the tarp off of the upper area for and it was almost 18,000 people there in the arena. So that was the first time where and then all of a sudden the arena, the arena was packed from there on out. And then we went into the, the, well, the Kiel Center at the time. We were putting 22,000. But that first night when we played the Salukis, when they had to pull the tarp off. And, of course, we ate and flag put on a show and we put up 90 on the Salukis. And uh, uh, that moment there was like, boy, we really arrived. We really went to another level at that night. No, you're so and, right. Gosh, I love that team. And you know what, Tom? And that led us to getting back on KMOX in the 90s in the glory days of Spoonball and um, uh, being a part of, of KMOX and Spoonball and the coaches' shows and, um, you know, moments like that. Earl, the game when when um, we were doing the post-game show and Mr. Buck and Mr. Costas walk over. Remember that? We had beaten, we played Kansas on ESPN, and the great Justin Love, who we just lost, God rest his soul, at 24 points, and we upset Kansas on national TV, ESPN, and Troy Robertson, who was with us, was playing against his brother, Ryan Robertson, and uh, Troy had a real good game against Big Brother that night, but as you said, we beat the Jayhawks, and everybody was celebrating. You know, Spoon bought everybody. It was Blues. Uh, Cardinals, everybody came with the game when Spoon had a role. And so Spoon sits down between me and Rammer to do his uh, the post-game show. Then all of a sudden, uh, Bob Costas comes from the front uh, and congratulates Spoon. And then, of course, that voice from the back, the game, Spoon. <laughs> we didn't even say anything. We just looked at each other, and we pulled our headsets off and – and, and hand it over to Vikes. And so that night, the the, the, the Billiken Nation was treated to a post-game show with Spoon, uh, Jack Buck, and Bob Costas. And they went for about 15, 20 minutes. It was, it was great. They went to did a show, and it was it was a tremendous night that night. Boy, they really, really liked each other, Charlie Spooner and Jack Buck. What oh, great, yeah. great friends. Man, what great friends. And you're so right, that H. Waldman – uh, team, I think about that team and 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 all the team that beat Cam. I was at that game too against KU. Uh, I can remember Troy running off the court in, in victory, and it was just such a such an amazing time. And in between there, the Larry Hughes experience. Like, how would you oh, wow. how would you explain that year to somebody who wasn't there? Um, well, just the greatness. The minute he walked on the court, in fact, Spoon would tell a story about a coaches meeting before the season began. And he said all of his assistant coaches were debating on how to play and what to do and uh, X's and O's and how to enhance And, and Spoon said, said, 
you rockheads, calm down. Obviously, <laughs> you've never coached a great player before. And just left it at that. And it was it was it was the spoon and Larry show, no doubt about it. It was like traveling with a rock star. I mean, we were a mid-major type program and had done so we had been to the NCAA tournament a couple of times. Good players. But when you you know, usually when you're McDonald's All American, you think of Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. Well, for the first time we had one of our own. And then and he put on for the city. He was unbelievable. 35 here, 40 here, 29 here, packing houses, and people were coming, talking, you know. Uh, it didn't matter, you know, Doug McElhaga, SID, you know, his 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 plate was full. Everybody wanted to see this uh, see this kid and talk about this kid. And the fact that, oh, we got one, and, uh, and it, was, it was unbelievable. Larry, uh, we talk about, me and Ram always talk about the Marquette game in Milwaukee. And this is a place where we've struggled offensively. There were nights where we'd score 40, 50 points, and we'd really struggle against Marquette. Well, Larry was uh, on a scoring rampage, and then we opened up the paper, and they had talked to a coach, my, then Mike Dean, a very good coach, and he asked him, I guess, uh, you're going to guard Larry any different? Or are you going to you know, double team? He said, no, we're just going to play our straight-up defense. And we saw that in the paper eating breakfast. And we were... <laughs> they they try and get up on him. He just step yeah. back further and shoot another three and Larry hit forty. Larry yeah. hit forty. He won a well, it was it was impossible to win at Marquette. We H and Scotty and and uh, Clag won it in the conference term, but we hadn't won there since then. And Larry hit forty, and it was just like that. Uh, it was a blessing to have him. It was just one, year, but it was it was some year to have. Oh man, I love hearing that. I get I get chills just thinking about that stuff. I love that stuff. And, you, you know, you mentioned H. Wallman and Erwin Claggett and Scott Highmark. Like, what an incredible trio that was. And then, you know, Spoonball was so much fun. It was so exciting. But I, want, I do want to go back to something that you said in the beginning, Rammer, and that is Rich Grower. Like, what mm-hmm. a job he did putting SLU back on the map. I remember 1986 with my fifth grade or it was my fifth grade uh, basketball team. Uh, we went to Keele Auditorium because – Slew was playing Georgia Tech, number one team in the country, yeah. came into town. Yeah. They lost the game, but the place was charged up, and you knew Slew was on the map. Slew was back. Rich Grower did some job, didn't he? He did. Um, and about five years before that, it was uh, it was a precarious situation on whether, you know, St. Louis U was going to have Division One athletics, obviously led by basketball. And Rich, who had had a year as an assistant at Missouri, comes back home takes over the Billikens, and um, he had a plan. And within five years, this was a competitive team. And with six or seven years, it was a darn good team. And he built with a core of local players um, and uh, just did a marvelous job in resurrecting the program. And he put in the building blocks that I think we're still feeling today from Spoon to Romar to Soderbergh to Majerus and on down the line. And obviously, uh, how terrific Travis is now, but those building blocks and showing how a core of local players, because the basketball here was good enough to do that. You can, you can build the program um, from inside out from St. Louis out and that it could work. And he proved it. We're going to continue this conversation with Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. Get Earl's thoughts on Rich Grower. And as we run down the line of coaches, it was really a fun conversation. So I'm calling an audible here 
And I want to continue this after the 11 o'clock news. Travis Ford is next. He's going to join us live just after 1045. Then I want to go back to this because there's some great stories in here from Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. on Lorenzo Romar. They already told one there. Brad Soderberg, Rick Majerus, Jim Cruz, and their thoughts on this current team, Travis Ford and the Billikens. Travis Ford is next. We're going to talk to him about it here on the home of the Billikens, KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. 1047 was just reminiscing during the commercial. We were talking about Jack Buck and Charlie Spoon. I were being great friends. They co-hosted an evening special one time. And... I'm going to try to find this. Maybe we have some time to play this before we go, James. But they introduce Stan Musial as their guest on the phone. And Stan says hi. Oh, and our other guest, Jack, says, let's go to Ted Williams. Hi, Ted. Hi, Jack. Stan, Charlie. It's like, what? Yeah. Oh, those are fun times. Uh, Joining us on the line is the outstanding head coach at St. Louis University, Travis Ford, who has been on the Garage Happy Hour, as a matter of fact. We were just listening to Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. on the Garage Happy Hour. Coach, we're going to play a little more of that after the 11 o'clock news. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, doing great. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, that was good times. The Garage Happy Hour was uh, uh, a lot of fun. It was fun. I can't believe that was three months ago. I just played some of it. I reposted it on Twitter because... We announced that KMOX is, we officially now we're able to say it. We've known this for a little while, but it's nice to say it. We are the home of the St. Louis Billikens. It's just a great feel. I just love being back with you, Coach. Uh, how do you all feel from your side of things? We are ultra excited. Uh, everyone is at St. Louis University. The whole Billiken Athletic Department is excited. I, I think it's going to be an incredible partnership. I was just talking to Rammer I think it, uh, either yesterday or the day before, and we were just talking about uh, just how great it is and uh, how, how great it's going to be for, for Billiken basketball, and we're just excited about the partnership. Yeah, we're fired up, too. Uh, we're flexible. I mean, we're ready to go, whatever. We were just sort of like <laughs> day by day, like, well, when we know the schedule, we're going to air it, so we're just going to stand by, and now we know, and it happened quickly didn't it like you were on your way to nebraska you were going to play in nebraska and suddenly you were hosting the billiken classic on wednesday against siue and lsu and uh, the university of health sciences and pharmacy in st louis will also be part of that tournament travis yeah it is it, it things did happen quick and you're exactly right everything's day to day at this point uh you do the best you can and you're right. We were headed to Nebraska, and you know, kind of the first domino to fall is our first game was supposed to have been Northern Iowa, and then Wednesday morning, Northern Iowa pulls out, and uh, so things started kind of, uh, you know, uh, triggered from there, and uh, then obviously, you know, we just uh, thought it'd be the best thing to to stay at home, uh, safety wise, the uh, different things like that, so. We're excited to to be able to stay here and uh, hopefully get uh, a few games under our belt. We've got some good teams we're playing against to start the season off with, uh, you know, SIU, Edwardsville, and then LSU. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, the season's here. You know, it's it's right around the corner, and uh, I think our players 
uh, more than anybody. I think our players are ready to play against somebody besides uh, their their own teammates every day. They're they're anxious to get started. Brian Baroni in the SIUE team. That's it's nice to be able to have a neighbor like that and to pull something together very quickly, isn't it? It is. Coach Baroni's really, uh, I think, doing a, a great job. He's just beginning his second year. Uh, he's brought in a lot of new talent. I think they have eight new players on their team. Uh, they've got a, a big man, a transfer from UConn that was a top 75 high school player in the country. Uh, and he's bringing in some talent. So he's building uh, their program up over there. So that's going to be a, a good game for us. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, again, somebody that's doing a great job. And then obviously LSU in the second game. Yep, and we'll have the game. Uh, it's SIUE and SLU on Wednesday at 6 o'clock leading into Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day, the schedule has, and this is uh, available at has it, so does SLUbillikens.com, SIUE and LSU on Thanksgiving Day. Then you all will take the Friday off of playing a game, and then Saturday the doubleheader has St. Louis against LSU and SIUE against the University of Health Sciences and Pharmacy in St. Louis. These will not be held uh, with fans. There will be no fans at Chaffetz Arena, and that's another day-to-day thing. We're just trying to feel this out to see if eventually we can get some fans in that building. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's disappointing that we can't have fans or, or the players' families there. It's very disappointing, but we understand. We we get it. You see that across the country. Uh, you know, there are some uh, schools that aren't allowed fans, and there's then there's uh, a lot that are having 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 uh, at a at a smaller capacity, uh, it's just the times we're in. But the, I, what I hate most mostly is that uh, some of our uh, families of the players, the the moms and dads and different people, can't get in to, to watch their uh, sons play. That's uh, that's disappointing. But uh, again, uh, it is what it is, and uh, you know we understand uh, you know the times we're going through, but we're anxious to. Hopefully, uh, sometime soon, be able to get the fans back into shape its arena and, and and make it the special place that it is. Because we know how special this team is. This is a very good basketball team, and it has yet to play a game, but you can just see the talent on that roster. You're deep. Uh, what do you like most just overall about what you've seen in practice? Uh, you know, probably the thing that has stood out is the competitive nature of our guys. Uh, they really compete in every drill. They compete to win every competition. Uh, and I think it usually stems from Jordan Goodwin. You know, he's the ultimate competitor, and it's contagious to everyone else. Uh, that has stood out. Uh, you know, it's been fun. You know, I, I would say that, you know, Jordan, Hassan Trench have been probably – most consistent players and Javante Perkins, but it's been fun to see uh, some of the younger players really coming along uh, like Gibson. Jimerson's really played well. Uh, you know, Jimmy Bell, who's been hurt has come back and practiced in the last week or so. And uh, we're, we're excited about where he's at young, young man that no one's seen play yet. A freshman named Markai Strickland, probably the most improved player on our team from where we started practice to where we're at right now. Fred Thatch is back healthy, you know, things, uh, things of those. Days. TJ Argo has been nursing a little bit of a, uh, a, a minor foot uh, issue, but I think he'll be ready to go by this, uh, this coming week. So it's just been fun to see different players step up uh, day to day. Everybody's kind of had their moments over the last four weeks of practice. Uh, but the competitiveness, 
you know, and it's a very unusual, hasn't wavered from day to day, Tom. It's there. It seems to be there every single day. Some days we play better than others. And what I mean by that is some days the shots go in more than others. Some days we turn it over more than others. And, you know, we have days we play really well and we have days we don't play, we don't play so well, but the competitiveness and the work ethic uh, hasn't wavered. Yeah. It tells me you like your defense or at least you like the effort that you're seeing, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's what it takes. It really is, isn't it? it that's the bottom line. You know, it's uh it sounds like you were in our staff meeting yesterday because there, there's been a lot of days that, uh, we haven't looked so good offensively, to say the least, and we just go back. Our defense has been very, very good, especially when you know your own plays, and we've been practicing for a while now. But I do think our defense uh, is going to carry us. It is needs, it needs to be our identity because it is our strength, uh, and I believe our players have really bought into that, and they, they enjoy being good at defense, but it's got to carry over every single game. I'm uh, excited to see a lot of the size that you have. Obviously, Hassan French is six seven two forty, but he seems bigger than that to me. Uh, Jordan Goodwin six three, but he plays like he's about six nine. I mean, he goes after every ball. He's a great rebounding guard. The the player that just intrigues me beyond belief is Javante Perkins. I, I just can't wait to see him play in this season. The six six guard forward from St. Louis Miller Career Academy. He's a senior. What makes him go in your estimation? What makes him go is he just has the unique ability. I've seen these players, you know, they, they, they come around, not a lot, but they do come around. It just has a unique ability to put the ball in the hole. And that's something you really can't teach. Now we try to put him in the right spots and do different things. Uh, but he has the ability to make tough shots. He's got a very soft shot with, you know, the perfect art. Um, but he can score from three. He shot, I think, like 38% or, or, or so, or maybe better from three last year. He's got, I think, maybe the best mid-range pull-up in the game in, in college basketball. I know I'm a little biased. Uh, he's 80%, above 80% free throw shooter. So he can score at all levels, He, which is very unusual nowadays, very unusual. Um, and, you know, usually you're just a three-point shooter or somebody's just a one-on-one player. He can do a little bit of all of it. Now, the challenge right now for him, Tom, and we've tried to, um, you know, talk to him about this every day, is he's not surprising anybody any anymore. You know, last year I think Javante caught a lot of people by surprise. Even late in the year, I know he had some big games. He averaged almost 18 points a game in league, in league play, but he wasn't a starter. So, he, you know, uh, things like that, you know, and, and he was such a new player. I don't think he ever gained that res- the respect uh, that he has right now. So now he's going to have to perform without sneaking up on anyone. So he's got to be ready. He's got to be ready. Javante has a tendency to try to turn it off and on sometimes. And, you know, we've tried to counsel him and tell him those days are over because you're not hiding from anyone. Everybody's going to bring their best defender at you, and you've got to be prepared. So – uh, he does have that unique ability to put the ball in the hole. Started one game for you last year, but played in 31, averaged 15 a game. I'm excited to see what he can do, that's for sure. I'm excited to see your team and to get it going here on KMOX. Travis Ford, always appreciate the visits very, very much. Thank you. My pleasure, Tom. Appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. Be well. We'll be back after the 11 o'clock news. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.